Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the August 30th episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. So today we'll be looking at numbers 1996 through 2005 of the Catechism. 2. Grace, 1996. Our justification comes from the grace of God. Grace is favour, the free and undeserved help that God gives us to respond to his call to become children of God adoptive sons, partakers of the divine nature and of eternal life. 1997. Grace is a participation in the life of God. It introduces us into the intimacy of Trinitarian life. By baptism, the Christian participates in the grace of Christ, the head of his body. As an adopted son, he can henceforth call God Father, in union with his only Son. He receives the life of the Spirit, who breeds charity into him, and who forms the church. 1998. The vocation to eternal life is supernatural. It depends entirely on God's gratuitous initiative, for he alone can reveal and give himself. It surpasses the power of human intellect and will, as that of every other creature. 1999. The grace of Christ is the gratuitous gift that God makes to us, of his own life, infused with the Holy Spirit into our soul to heal it of sin and to sanctify it. It is the sanctifying or deifying grace received in baptism. It is in us the source of the work of sanctification. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old order has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. 2000. Sanctifying grace is an habitual gift, a stable and supernatural disposition that perfects the soul to enable it to live with God, to act by his love. Habitual grace, the permanent disposition to live and act in keeping with God's call, is distinguished from actual graces, which refer to God's interventions, whether at the beginning of conversion or in the course of the work of sanctification. 2001. The preparation of man for the reception of grace is already a work of grace. The latter is needed to arouse and sustain our collaboration in justification through faith and in sanctification through charity. God brings to completion in us what he has begun, since he who completes his work by cooperating with our will began by working so that we might will it. Indeed, we also work But we are only collaborating with God who works, for his mercy has gone before us. It has gone before us so that we may be healed, and follows us so that once healed we may be given life. It goes before us so that we may be called, and follows us so that we may be glorified. It goes before us so that we may dwell devoutly, and follows us so that we may always live with God, for without him we can do nothing. 2002. God's free Initiative demands man's free response. For God has created man in his image by conferring on him, along with freedom, the power to know him and love him. The soul only enters freely into the communion of love. God immediately touches and directs, directly moves the heart of man. He has pulled man, placed man in man a longing for truth and goodness that only he can satisfy. The promises of eternal life respond beyond all hope to his desire. If at the end of your good works you rested on the seventh day, it was to foretell 
by the voice of your book, that at the end of our works, which are indeed very good, since you have given them to us, we shall also rest in you on the Sabbath of eternal life. 2003. Grace is the first is first and foremost the gift of the Spirit who justifies and sanctifies us. But grace also includes the gifts of the Spirit which grants us to associate us with his work and enables us to collaborate in the salvation of others and in the growth of the body of Christ the Church. There are sacramental graces, gifts proper, proper to the different sacraments. There are furthermore special graces also called charisms after the Greek term used by St. Paul and meaning favour or gratuitous gift, benefit, whatever their character. Sometimes it is extraordinary, such as the gift of miracles or of tongues. Charisms are oriented towards sanctifying grace and are intended for the common good of the whole church. They are at the service of charity which builds up the church, 2004. Among the special graces ought to be mentioned the graces of state that accompany and exercise the responsibilities of the Christian life and the ministries within the church. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who contributes in liberality, he who gives aid with zeal, he who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. 2005. Since it belongs to the supernatural order, grace escapes our experience. It cannot be known except by faith. We cannot therefore rely on our own feelings or our works to conclude that we are justified and saved. However, according to the Lord's words, thus you will know them by their fruits. Reflection on God's blessings in our life and in the life of the saints offers us a guarantee that grace is at work in us and spurs us on to an ever greater, to an even greater faith and an attitude of trustful poverty. A pleasing illustration of this attitude is found in the reply of St. Joan of Arc to a question proposed, posed as a trap by her ecclesiastical judges. Asked if she knew that she, if she knew that she was in God's grace, she replied, If I am not, may it please God to put me in it. If I am, may it please God to keep me there. Okay, so the section on grace, these couple of pages on grace, it's a little bit over two pages in my catechism, are, I would say, some of the most beautiful in the catechism. This catechesis on Christian grace. Grace is this fantastic gift that we get from God. A gift, it's a favour, a free and undeserved help that God gives us. God helps us. He proposes a way of life to us. He proposes the new law of the gospel. He proposes in the Sermon on the Mount, in these different sections of St. Paul that we've seen in the whole New Testament, he proposes a way of life that is impossible. To pray for our enemies, to forgive, is impossible. Human nature cannot do this. But for God, all things are possible. And how does God realize this? He realizes it through the gift of grace, through this spiritual enablement through the spiritual transformation through the spiritual strengthening through the spiritual divinization that he gives to us to help us to do what we cannot do this is what grace is about 
You know, when a young couple gets married and they promise to be faithful to each other in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, they don't know. One of them might be in a terrible accident a few weeks' time and end up being a quadriplegic forever. And the other spouse will take care of them for the rest of their life to pour themselves out. Or when, uh, when a couple is pregnant, when a woman is pregnant with a new child, maybe that child will have something, uh, will have some, some challenge, will have Down syndrome or will have some, some, uh, so, some difficulty. And the family will have to look after that child. And where do we get the strength to do this? Does it come from our nature? No, it does not. We have a limit. I have a limit in how much I can love. Everybody has this limit. Yes, human love is fantastic. Yes, human love is beautiful. But it's got a limit. Grace is what helps us beyond this limit. It helps us to be like God. It helps us to live like Christ. That yes, we need to see what would Jesus do. But the power to do it comes from him. Also the seeing comes from him. But that this uh, this grace... It's fantastic. In the church, the grace of God is the most beautiful thing. We get it in many ways. We get it through the sacraments. We get it through prayer. We get it through a devout life. We get it as a gift from God. And it helps in many ways to live our daily life, to live any particular charism or responsibility that we have. It's true. Some people in the church have particular charisms. They're called to a particular way of life. Some of them very public, like the Pope or like uh, someone of the um, some of the people that later on becomes a saint after they die, can have a very public ministry. Some people can have a very um, a very silent, a very hidden ministry, but nonetheless in need of grace and working fantastic things, fantastic charisms, and that this is um, what the Lord gives in every generation to every person. He gives different graces. It's true not everybody has the same mission but that grace helps us wherever we are. And this is the, great, um, the greatness of being Christian. The fantastic thing about being Christian is that a magnificent way of life is proposed to us and that God fulfills it to us. I often use the example, it's not like that you find the treasure map that the pirates left and as X marks the spot and in the spot is the, the gold is buried and that you've got to go and charter a ship and go to some island in the middle of nowhere in the I don't know in the Pacific or in the Caribbean or wherever and go there to where the pilot left it and you've got to to get there and there are snakes and that there are spiders and I don't know what else and other people trying to get it and you've got to dig no this is not what grace is that yes the Lord promises us the treasure of eternal life but then he has an aeroplane ready and that what all you have to do is sit down in the aeroplane. The aeroplane takes off, a Learjet or one of these private planes brings you. And all you have to do is sit down and the air hostess will come to you and say, would you like a gin and tonic? That's what it is. That's what it's about. That God does this for us. If we don't get in the way, this is the, always the challenge. You know, Not to get in the way, not to mess it up ourselves, not to reject this grace. Not to uh, not to throw it away. You know, this is always the temptation to get rid of the grace, to sell our birthright for a plate of lentils like Esau. 
Esau is Jacob's son and he has the um, sorry Esau is Israel's son Joseph's son and he has this birthright and he sells it to Jacob for a plate of lentils for nothing and he gets rid of it and this is always our danger to get rid of the grace to um, to despise it and so really the 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 the, um, the hope is and that we can be full of hope that God gives us his grace to allow us to find eternal life, to allow us to live well here and to find eternal life in heaven. So this is the um, the invitation for all of us. So tomorrow we'll continue and tomorrow we'll look at numbers 2006 through 2011. God bless. <laughs>